This is With Intrepid Heart Sermons, sermons by Rev. Adam Moline of Good Shepherd Lutheran Church in Lincoln, Nebraska. In the name of Jesus, amen. Dear Christians, this Lenten season, we are focusing on the Old Testament, specifically on Old Testament lessons that point forward to and find their fulfillment in Jesus Christ. Today's Old Testament lesson is one of those very important Old Testament lessons, the fall into sin. Last week we heard about how necessary it is for us to be repentant and how that should be the focus of our Lenten season. We even last week quoted this evening's lesson as ashes were placed upon our forehead. For we are dust, and to dust we shall return. In today's lesson, we learn why it is that we ought to repent. Because of sin. Sin that infects all of us. And today we see how that sin entered the world, how it infected all of humanity, and how it even now today seeks to deceive us undermine God's word. You know how it began. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Everything that God made was very good in the beginning. But it did not stay that way. It fell. The world fell because Satan spoke a lie. But that's not all the problem. It's not just that Satan lied. It's that our first parents, Adam and Eve, believed that lie over and against God's truth. The lie came from Satan, a pride-filled fallen angel. And the lie sounds like this. Did God really say that you would die? The lie was expanded. You will surely not die. Believe me over and against God's word. You'll live. You'll be better off. You'll be smarter. Things will be easier. Sin begins its creep into humanity as Eve believes that word over God's word. And when Satan's lie is believed over and against God's holy word, our ancestors, in effect, were rejecting God. Our ancestors were willingly entering into sin. And as they fell into sin, we all fell with them. All mankind fell in Adam's fall. We just sang that. It's the truth. You, like Adam and Eve, are caught in the sin-filled lies of Satan. Satan didn't tell one lie and then stop. 
He still tells them today. And he's not that creative. All the lies really have the same basic form. Did God really say? Think about our world. Think about yourself. The way that you think about the things that are going on around us. The way that you interpret them in your heart and in your mind. Let's dive into the deep end first. Did God really say that man was created in his own image? Did God really say male and female he made them? Yes. It's written in Genesis 1. It's the truth. It's real. It happened. But Satan lies about it. He says it this way. Male and female, that's nonsense. You can choose your own gender. You can choose to be male or female based upon what you feel rather than what your biology says. Did God really say male or female? Satan says no. It's a lie. But sometimes we believe the lie. We vote to support the lie. Our schools teach the lie. Our government puts in place wicked laws to enforce the lie. To push it upon Christians opposed to the lie. And we feel like it's easier to just let the lie go, to forget about it. It's not that big a deal, right? Especially because the choice is this. We either affirm that lie, or we run the risk of losing contact with friends, family, we may even lose our job. So we're tempted to believe the lie because it's easier to believe lies than to stand against them. We sin. Did God really say, put not your trust in princes, in a son of man in whom there is no salvation? Did God say that? Yes. Psalm 46. It's the truth. It's real. But Satan lies about it. He says, if only you elect the right 
individual, the right government, the right candidate. If your party is in control, everything will be perfect. Everything will get fixed. Especially for you. And we believe the lie. We spend hours talking about politics because our side is right and their side is wrong. We talk about politics even here in church, sometimes more than we talk about God's word. We believe Satan's lie. If our candidate wins, then we'll really have things the way they ought to be. And those candidates and politicians we look to as gods. No, not divine, not glowing, but we trust in their providential hand. That's where we'll get money. From that candidate, through PPP loans, through Social Security. That's where our health care will come from. That's how we'll afford housing at the right cost. Surely, I'll get a discount because I voted for them. I give them my vote. They give me the kickback. That's how things work. It's a lie. It's not the truth. Every politician is sinful. No politician is God. But we believe the lie. We act like we believe the lie. We sin. Speaking of politics, how about peace? Did God really say that in this world you'll have tribulation? Yes, he did. Through the mouth of Jesus in John's gospel. But Satan tells lies about it. He says, you can build a utopia here on earth. You can all get along. One big happy family. You can all be safe. Everything will be just fine. Imagine all the people living life in peace. It's a lie. We believe the lie because we want it to be true. We believe the lie even though we look around us and we see anything but peace. We believe the lie even though one of the largest expenditures from our tax dollars every year is means of destruction and arms and war. We believe the lie that this world can be peaceful and utopian, even though we see riots, death, suffering, illness, fear, persecution, and other tribulation, just as Jesus promised. We believe the lie, and it's sin. 
Did God really say you shall not murder? Yes, that one is at least is clear. But we've codified Satan's lies into our laws. We allow abortion. We use lives and body parts to research medicines. We control life in petri dishes as if we were God. We sell baby parts on the black market. We watch lives spent needlessly around us. We even allow in our laws aborting babies merely because they have a minor health issue or because a test reveals they might not have blue eyes but brown instead. Satan's lies lead to death. We often believe the lie. Did God really say you should have no other gods? Yes, but we're addicted to countless other ones, aren't we? Gods that give us a temporary fleeting pleasure. Hours of TV, pornography, Tobacco, marijuana, booze, self-harm, mutilation, comfort feuds, abuse, and more. Things that make us feel better at least for a minute or two. Things that actually harm us. Perhaps the biggest one right now, we carry around in our pockets with us everywhere we go. Phones. Who would have thought that we'd look at a phone screen hundreds of times every day, but only look at God's Word once or twice, maybe. Satan tells us these things are for our good. It's a lie. We believe the lie. We sin. Did God really say anything about marriage? Yes, for this reason a man shall leave his father and mother and hold fast to his wife, and the two will become one flesh. Satan tells lies about this too. And we believe the lies, so we're drowning in divorce, in living together, in adultery, in pornography, in sins of the flesh, and in perversion. We sin. Does God really say we ought to be in church regularly, in a congregation, caring for each other? Yes, in Hebrews he says, do not neglect the gathering. But Satan tells lies, and we believe the lies We fill our time with practices, with work, with sleep, with shopping, with whatever. And now Satan has even ramped up these lies saying, we're safer to stay at home away from all those other disease-ridden people. It's a lie. We believe the lie. We sin. Did God really say you shall not covet? Yes. Did God really say you shall not steal? Yes. 
Did God really say, use my name rightly with pure doctrine and teaching, calling upon it in every need? Yes. Did God really say, be holy as I, the Lord your God, am holy? Yes. Yes. And Satan seeks to undermine it all with lies. And our sinful hearts Believe those lies. Dear Christian, in case you don't believe it at this point, I could talk about these lies for hours, for days. We could even get really specific about each and every individual in this room. And the sinful lies that we have followed. But I'll summarize it this way instead. We have sinned. We've sinned grievously and much. We're not any different than our first parents, Adam and Eve. And just like them, we justify ourselves, hiding our sins behind the fig leaves of our own achievements and identity, thinking that God won't see through to what lies beneath. We think we can blame others, pass the buck. Just like Adam said, it's not my fault, God, it's the woman you gave me. Just like Eve said, it's not my fault, the serpent deceived me. But it won't work. It won't wash away the sin that stains us. So stop that nonsense. Stop it now. Speak the truth and repent this Lenten season. Repent of your sin. Stop believing Satan's lies. Stop telling your own lies. Stop justifying yourself and repent. Speak the truth every day for the rest of your life. Here's what the truth sounds like. I, a poor, miserable sinner, have sinned by my fault, my own fault, my own most grievous fault. And from you, God, I deserve nothing but wrath and punishment because I have neglected you on every front. My sins are as scarlet and I cannot hide them from you or wash them away. All I can do, O Lord, is beg for your mercy. Have mercy, O Lord, upon me, a sinner. In our Old Testament lesson, we learn that God will Have mercy on sinners. 
God has foretold it, even to our first parents. The offspring of Eve would crush the serpent's head, even as his own heel is pierced. The offspring spoken of is none other than Jesus, who, by being pierced by nails, destroyed the lies of Satan. He faced the lies of Satan directly, head on, mano y mano. We heard about it in our gospel lesson this last Sunday. Satan is no match for Jesus. Christ wins. Jesus faced the lies head on, even from his own disciples, as we heard several weeks ago. When Peter tells Jesus, you will never go to the cross. And Jesus says, get thee behind me, Satan. Jesus faces those lies head on, even as he hangs on the cross. And people say, if you are the son of God, save yourself. He's not worried about himself. He's worried about you. That's who he's come to save. He did not listen to the lies thrown at him. He resisted them. He conquered them. And he did it for you. For your forgiveness. Jesus stuck to the truth, even to the point of death. Death on a cross for you. He crushes the head of Satan by that cross, by his death. And his forgiveness, that forgiveness now belongs to you. His forgiveness covers you. That too was foretold in our Old Testament lesson. When God discovered Adam and Eve's sin... He covered it, not with fig leaves of their own design. God covered it with animal skins. How do you get animal skins? The only way is to take the skin off the animal, and that is a bloody affair. Those bloodied skins, the very first things that died in this creation, covered Adam and Eve's sin, at least temporarily. But you are covered by something much more permanent. You are covered by the bloody righteousness of Jesus Christ, the one who died for your sin, the one whose blood washes it away as far as the east is from the west, the one who clothed you with the robe of his own righteousness through the waters of holy baptism. When God looks at you now, he doesn't see your sin. He only sees Jesus. And as a result, you're free. You're no longer subject to the lies of Satan. You don't have to listen to them any longer. Satan's head has been crushed. 
And if his head is crushed, his mouth is crushed as well. He no longer can speak his lies to you. Sure, they may echo through this world all the same, but you don't have to listen. You don't have to believe. You have a much better word, the word of Jesus, the word of forgiveness. Hear that word. Believe that word. That's what God is teaching in this evening's lesson. And that's why I have this picture up here this evening. It normally hangs in my office as a reminder of the pastor's task to preach the law and to preach Christ crucified. We showed it to our children's choir students several weeks ago as they were learning the hymn, The Tree of Life. In this picture, we see us, In Adam and Eve, shamed by our sin, shamed by believing the lie of Satan. And on the other side, we see the cross of Jesus. And that cross of Jesus crushes the head of Satan. That cross of Jesus goes right into his open mouth and nails his tongue so that it can no longer speak lies to you. That's the reality of the Christian life. We listen to Jesus. He gives us forgiveness. So open your ears to that truth. Repent of your sin and trust only in the truth, the word of Jesus, crucified and risen for you. In the name of Jesus, amen. Now may the peace of God which surpasses all understanding keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen. This has been With Intrepid Hearts Sermons by Pastor Adam Moline. The words, With Intrepid Hearts, come from the conclusion to the Book of Concord where it is written, By God's grace, with intrepid hearts, we are willing to appear before the judgment seat of Christ with this confession and give an account of it. We will not speak or write anything contrary to this confession, either publicly or privately. By the strength of God's grace, we intend to abide by it.